Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This week on episode 260 of the Weekly Exchange, we talk about Astra Exodus, Galactic Civilizations 3, Solaris, Interstellar Space Genesis, and more. So stay tuned. Hey Rob, welcome to the show. Hi Nate, glad to be here. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing okay. Yourself? I'm doing well too. Worked the whole weekend, so I'm a little tired, but other than that, I'm good. Yeah. All right. Well, then in that case, let's just jump into it. Okay. So the first news item up is Thea 2, and there was a newsletter that they released talking about what's happening in Thea, the Pangea update, talking about this All Souls Night event that's going to be a timed event for Thea 2. It's free, so you know, it's not like they're charging or anything. It's going to continue how it's always been with them, but this is going to be an event where you got to jump in, check out the story, see what's out there. There's going to be a whole new quest line, and the one thing I'm not clear about is what happens after the event is over. If you opened up all these new things, do you keep them, or is this just for this period of time. So that'll be interesting. Then they're talking about the next set of content that's coming and that's, they don't have a name for it, but this is going to be an update that's going to be addressing the, the oceans. Essentially, they're going to be uh, new food types gathering on water, uh, new monster spawns on water, roaming sea creatures, a new storyline events. It should be interesting. This is one of the things right now that, Thea is missing. There are only a couple of events and they repeat over and over and over. So this will definitely be a nice little addition or big addition. Really depends on what they end up doing. with. Yeah, it was kind of unclear as to whether or not the stuff for, you know, uh, I guess they call it the fall season or whatever. Uh, I don't want to say it's Halloween because it clearly is. It's All Souls Night. There you go. So it it isn't clear whether or not that's something that's going to stick around or if that's something like one of the endless seasonal things where they you know you have to unlock it and then you get to keep it the rest of the time but you have to unlock it during a certain period exactly and i asked and i didn't get a very clear answer (laughs) not that some not that anybody was being um tight-lipped about it i just think they didn't i didn't ask clearly or i didn't get a clear answer but we'll find out it's a couple of days out from this point so we'll definitely get to and I'm looking forward to it. It looks there's going to introduce a new town called Bear Town or Bear Village. There's going to be all kinds of quests and stuff like that from it. So that's pretty exciting. I look to you for my Thea news and up- updates. So yeah, let us know. I will. I will next time. Awesome. So in other news, Age of Wonders Planetfall kind of skipped its weekly dev diary and just sort of posted 
a Revelations trailer, announcement trailer, which isn't really anything mm -hmm. new. I watched it. It was, for some reason, reposted, I guess, because it's, it looks the same as the one that came out of PDXCon. But, you know, mm. it gives a little overview of what's to be expected, and I'm excited. I'm still very excited. We, we've been playing it? I don't know if I can say that. Yeah, you can't say that. I don't know. We have been. So we'll have a review for it when it comes out. I'm excited to be doing that. And I think actually Oliver will be writing the review for that. So it'll be a different point of view since I wrote the initial base game review and mm -hmm. Oliver will be writing the revelations review. So we'll mm -hmm. see. We'll see how, what he thinks about it. Absolutely. And then the next bit of news comes. So we got this bit of information again, the PDX con this first Stellar. So it was the lithoid species pack and talking about the upcoming, um, expansion the federations so they released the dev diary and this one focuses on, i'm pretty sure they released more stuff on federations but we're just going to focus on the lithoid species and i was going to talk about a bunch of stuff i will say this it looks really cool and this is something that as a community we've been asking for so i'm glad to see that we are being listened to um Interestingly enough, I just I, I read something on our forums and it got me thinking. So I went to look and I've seen some negative comments about people are unhappy about how some of these new traits are linked to the lithoids. And I, I get it. I mean, if you're playing the rock people, you'd think that they would be unique. But the complaint is that, well, you know, it's supposed to be... Uh, like a Lego set, you can play with it any way you want, build it, build it out any way you want, and you know you shouldn't be locking stuff down like that. So it'll be interesting to see what Paradox does with it. Personally, I have no problem with it. I shall talk later about it or something, but yes, it's it's very cool. I, I appreciate it. I'm still kind of not particularly in love with the combat. I don't think I ever will be. I just don't like Stellar's combat. It's serviceable. If you don't think too hard about it, it's not all that different than many other 4X combat scenarios, situations, just the way it plays out. So it may be just 4X combat in general that I have an issue with of late. But again, I'll talk about that later. Yeah, and to make it clear, it sounds like there's bugs in the lithoid species pack, so it's not working as intended in a lot of ways. And like they were saying that if you start to mix species and you know, if you have something that's mixed with the lithoids, it starts to really screw with the, the way they eat. And of course, because the lithoids species packs is supposed to make it so that any species that you create that has the lithoids art as it's like, you know, featured art, mm -hmm. it then becomes the species that eats minerals instead of food and so what happens is like when they start to mix up and like you'll have you know a reptilian race mixed with the lithoid race and it starts to really screw how colony ships get pushed out and there's no food on any of them if you know even if they are food eating species and it gets really messed up so unfortunately it sounds like the, the lithoids Species pack is pretty messed up and it has some bugs and hopefully they'll fix them because it sounds like a lot of the, the complaints are legitimate. Well, they will fix them, but I, I'm a little bit surprised at the reaction from people, not because they shouldn't be reacting by all means, please react. But this has been how paradox has been releasing stuff 
on their main stuff, you know, them's the developer studio for a long time. This is not something that's unique to Stellaris. They have issues like this with Europa Universalis, Crusader Kings, Hearts of Iron. Not so much Hearts of Iron, I think, but definitely with Crusader Kings 2 and Europa Universalis 4. Constantly when they release things, there's always problems. And we've said it over the years. You and I, Chor and I, people in the community, they need to increase they're beta testers. They need to create, maybe they have it, we just don't know about it, which is fine, but they need to increase it further because at some point people become so narrow, their focus is so narrow, the tunnel vision sets in and they don't see the forest for the trees. You know, they, they see a tree and that's all they're focused on, but nobody looks around the tree to see if there are other trees. And that's kind of what this is. Had more people been playtesting it, I guarantee you they would have found it. Had yeah. the I feel like we're just the, broken records at this point, honestly. Yeah, but you know what? That's the thing. That's kind of been our our uh mandate mission. I get, yeah, like to point out sometimes the obvious over and over <laughs> until somebody says, Aha, I figured it out. It's like okay, Oh, I hope so. Just remember to credit us. Right, yeah. Right? One day, Paradox would be like, maybe we want to explominate with talking about the testing and all that. Yeah, yeah, maybe we should do that. That'd be cool. Yeah, but right. We'll see. Anyways, in other news, we have Astro Exodus, which came out with their fifth dev diary mm -hmm. about construction mm -hmm. resources. And this mm -hmm. week, they're talking about just the few resources that they have incorporated in the game, which are metals, organics, rares, and materials. And each of those are required for various ship types and various ship components. And so you'll you'll basically just be looking for those as you progress through the game and you can mine them through either mining facilities or through your planets. And you'll use those to build ships and occasionally mm -hmm. build the planetary buildings and stuff like that too. So nothing super different, mm -hmm. but I do like that it's maybe a little bit more mm, complicated, I guess, more in depth than just you know two like food and metal and that's it mm. although i mean i don't know it, it's honestly i'm in the beta and i haven't played as much as i should because i've just been so busy with the site that's mm -hmm. something that i hope to remedy soon but mm -hmm. i'm not 100 percent comfortable with saying that i know how the system works well enough to explain it further than that so gotcha gotcha okay well in another bit of interesting news interstellar space genesis released patch 1.0.5 now this is a pretty large patch and they did a lot of stuff there so i don't know if the if we would maybe been better to call it version 1.1 but hey it's their game they call it whatever they want i'm just glad that they're continuing to support it so i'm going to begin with the tail end of it and then kind of move towards the major features so, first of all, there's the usual bug fixes. Lots of bugs being fixed. There are UI and graphics updates. So, all of this is based on feedback. All of this is based on comments. So, they're definitely listening to the community. They're definitely paying attention to, I believe, their Discord, to Steam, wherever else, even on their forums. Um, there's been performance Updates, so AI optimization, turn processing, same save game files. Apparently, they were too large. Then there are gameplay changes. Again, the, these are based on more people giving feedback due to playing it. Then we have balance, which kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with gameplay changes. 
and then major work on the AI is going in. And then that's that's fantastic. That's always an important thing for single-player Forex games to have a solid AI. And now they added some new stuff. So what they did is they added research and production efficiency sliders. So this way you can you have finer control whether you want a faster game or a slower game. They added some uh, new options uh, that will let you see the like where your fleets are moving. And then there's also an animated um, path on the map that shows you the fleet movements. So this is kind of intercorrected. And then you have um, accuracy information, the turn processing. Um, apparently, I haven't played it. And apparently now there's a next turn, there's some kind of an indicator that tells you that the turn is being processed. And then they added armor information, shield information, crew experience so they're they're continuing like things that people have been complaining that's missing from the game they're adding in and they're con and again they're being thankful to the community like hey we appreciate the community thank you for all the feedback keep bringing it and then the major note here is that the saves from 1.0.4 are not compatible with 1.0.5 now in most cases somehow people miss this and whenever there's a major patch, they always expect their previous save to work. So if you're afraid that it's going to overwrite your game, then turn off auto-updates. And when you're ready, opt-in and, you know, update it. If there's a you know, save game that's super amazing that you want to finish. So keep that in mind. But yeah, it's very cool. Are you thinking of diving back into this at any point in the near future? I'm still going to wait. I might jump in just to see how the changes affect the game right now, but... As far as like a deep dive goes, I'm going to wait until they revamp the graphics and stuff like that that they're promising. So once they come mm -hmm. in and they gotcha. do all that and, you know, give it a hard pass on the UI and the graphics style, I think I'll, I'll try then. But it looks like they're making good progress. So I'm excited to see what the game will be like here in like five or six months. Mm -hmm. All right. Sounds good. So next up is Galactic Civilizations 3, which I cannot believe is still being updated. It was the first of the major space Forex games that came out you know, like five, four or five years ago. And mm, that was more than four or five years ago. I think it's, yeah, now it's because I believe it was in 2013. So we're looking at like six years yeah. now yeah. and it's still being worked on actively. And it's talking about how they've actually given a huge polish pass to the planets. And there's a really good screenshot here of what it looks like now. And I think it looks great before it looked a little cartoony and now it looks more realistic. Mm -hmm. I liked it a lot and realistic, you know, as realistic as it can be for something that we have no idea what it'll look like. Right, yeah, but I'm saying it has more of a realistic tone as instead of like the cartoony tone as I did before. Right. Mm -hmm. The other thing, the major gameplay change is that they've <laughs> they've come back and forth on this. I don't know how many times, at least three or four, but they will now allow or mandate that shipyards are already constructed. And that was the thing that Brad Wardell went back and forth on so many times, whether or not you should have a shipyard to start with or not. And he went with not for a long time and now they're going back to having a shipyard. So they're also introducing a new planetary improvement called the industrial center, which is only buildable once. And it's, I'm assuming it's probably going to do something for your industry. Mm -hmm. And then later on, they actually hint at future DLC for mm -hmm. people who like strange planet types, which is this person right here, this guy. Yeah. Two, two thumbs. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Me too. Okay. Then these guys with four thumbs because mm -hmm. Yeah, the idea of adding strange planet types, as they're saying, sounds really good to me. So I'm excited about that. And I bought the Founders Edition, Lifetime Founders Edition. So I'll just get it for free anyway. So 
really excited about that. I might dive back into that eventually. Nice. Nice. I'm st- that, speaking of a game that has so much good stuff going for it, especially after all of this support that it's gotten development, but still like the combat kills me. Just kills me. What really gets me so. is that they spent so much time and effort in this really awesome shipbuilder, right? And you can use components mm-hmm. and it was the same way with, mm-hmm. with Galactic Civilizations too. You can make these amazing ships and then you just set mm-hmm. them in this automated combat that doesn't really it doesn't really look all that great and isn't that fun to watch. I would just really much more appreciate having like tactical combat and any, either being at real time, I don't care, or preferably turn based where you could actually, you know, appreciate these designs you're making. Right. Right. But whatever. Well, eh. That's Galso 4, maybe. Yeah, I'm hoping. I think from what I understand, based on some of the things that Brad said on the forums, that Galso 4 might take a really radically different path than the, the three before it. So, well, no, mm-hmm. I don't know. He mm-hmm. said some things that I think we'll eventually have to piece together and see if we can start figuring out what he's talking about. But it sounds like... Mm-hmm. I'll just ask him. Yeah, we could do that too. <laughs> yeah, he's usually pretty open about that stuff. Yeah, so. I'll, just, I'll just ask him, hey, Brad, what did you mean by that? Yeah. You know? Well, and I and I know he's working on it at some level. I don't know if it's like pre-production or what, but they are definitely oh, considering. I'm something. sure he's been working on it for a while, at least doing been, the boarding of it. You know, trying to figure out what he wants to do with it. And yeah, I mean, he's been very quiet, and that's not like Brad. So I know he's probably very busy. That's okay. It's understandable. All right. Well, that's I think it for the 4X stuff, but we have other games. This is the tactical portion of the weekly exchange. So let's begin by talking about Battletech Heavy Metal, which is the third DLC that's part, I guess, of the season pass that you could have bought. I I got there's like probably five, maybe six terms that I absolutely hate. And whenever I hear them, it just makes my my eye my eyelid twitch, you know. Like even though I know that this is like the intention is good, but just those words have been poisoned for me. So, anyways, so heavy metal. Uh, we've been watching some um, some playthrough let's play, basically some streaming on their channel. I've been watching, but they have an announcement trailer. And they have an official release date of November 21st. So if you are a Battletech fan and you purchased the season pass or you plan to buy it in, as an individual DLC, November 21st is when it's going to be dropping. I am a huge fan and I have enjoyed it tremendously. Though, interestingly enough, having played it as much as I played it, and now that I have so many hours in in it versus XCOM 2. If I'm going to sit down and play something, I would rather play XCOM 2. And I will talk about that a little bit later as to why. But yes, so November 21st, expect me to talk about it more when it comes. And um, that not much more, not much else. There's going to be some new units, some, you know, different units, different weapon platforms, going to be some more flashpoints and whatnot. So, you know, once it's out, it'll definitely be during the games we're during the games we're playing, you cut off there just a little bit. Oh, yes. <laughs> no worries. Yeah, so then, so next up is a game called Alder's Blood, which is a stealth tactical game. And it actually just had a Kickstarter. 
<laughs> I guess <laughs> I don't know why I just gave that a British accent. It had a Kickstarter and it met its goal and went above it actually for twelve thousand US dollars, but it went to seventeen thousand, which is great. And it's actually not that much. So uh, you know, like most Kickstarters nowadays are asking for you know everybody and their mother. So it's good to see that they were asking for a rational amount of money, but they reached some stretch goals as a result, and they threw us a copy or threw us like a demo. And I got a chance to play it and I'm really impressed because it does take what I think is probably a really standard formula right now of having tactic, <laughs> like everybody and their mom is trying to do a tactical game. But this one really focuses on using stealth and positioning yourself in ways that you can take out enemies without them knowing you're there. And it's a lot of fun. It's actually really great. The freaking artwork is amazing. I love it. And you only get like a small taste of it through the video and the Kickstarter page. The actual game shows some really great stuff. And the cool thing is they've given us permission to do a, like a Let's Play or whatnot. So there'll be a nice. video coming soon, probably next week. So in fact, I, I know for next week. So it'll be our less explored game next week. Whole whole article about it and a nice little video. So look forward to that. It's really cool. It's it's very good. I think it'll be right up Nate's alley. Yeah, well, I've been in touch with the developer for... I don't know, most of this year, if not last year too. And we've kind of been going back and forth and talking. And If I remember he correctly, he came over to the forums, right? He came over to the forums and introduced his game on oh, the yeah. forums? Oh, yes, he did. He did. But on the forums, it was more about communicating with the forum, the community members. I've been talking to him on Twitter for like a long time and just kind of getting giving him feedback, thoughts, and what do I think, and this and that. So it's really cool. It definitely is something that is right up, as you said, right up my alley. So, again, I'll talk about stuff in uh, games we're playing a little bit. So, anyways, you want to you want to tell us about Urtuk? Yeah, Urtuk is a game that I just had the pleasure of highlighting again on our less explored feature, and it's a strategic game that has a lot of combat in it and it's built as a strategy game with combat strategy rpg with combat but i think it's more like a combat game with some rpg elements i said that on my video and i really believe that because the entire game bases itself around what is admittedly very good combat so the the idea is that you're utuk and you have to go find a cure for yourself because you were like thrown in some sort of like uh, I don't know, almost prison, and you develop this disease that's certainly going to kill you. And so you're on this quest to find the cure. And on the way, you're along the way, you're going to be, you know, dealing with various types of quests and stuff like that. And each of those quests inevitably goes to combat, which is tactical and turn based. <laughs> I feel like I just said that like five seconds ago, but it's really good because the great thing about Urtuk is that the graphic style is super unique. It has almost like a Darkest Dungeon look to it, but the the models themselves are very detailed and very good looking. And the maps themselves are also very good looking too. So it's really pretty to look at. It's developed by one dude, and he's working really hard on getting to an early access period through Steam. But right now you can also get into it on itch.io through their like early adopter period or whatever it's called. I don't know. But it's, it's, mm -hmm. it was a fun game. I'm having a lot of fun with it. So I'll probably do another couple episodes and you'll uh, you'll be able to get a good feel for how it is and how it plays through that. 
Definitely. And the reason you keep talking about tactical combat, turn-based combat, is because this is the third game in a row talking. So, you know, it's you are forgiven. All right. Well, <laughs> I feel like I'm just, yeah, tactical turn-based. It's funny because I feel like a lot of, what I th- this is a good time to be a strategy game fan. This is a good time mm-hmm. to be a tactics game fan. And this is a good oh, time yes. to be a Forex game fan. So it's like, there's a lot of stuff for us to talk about. I mean, hell, if we really wanted to, we could update this list to include like some 40 games right now that are in development because I, I swear yes. every, everywhere I'm looking, there's some sort of tactical game. And we, I know we don't talk about that game that shout mm-hmm. out be named, but I mean, that's yes. a, that's a big tactical game. Right. And you've oh, got yeah. a bunch of other ones that are, you know, we could be talking about every yeah. week and like XCOM three. Yeah. Hopefully that'll be something you can talk about soon. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So tell me about Warplan. That's the, yes. uh, the what is game of this week. So Warplan is the newest game that's being published by Slytherin and made by Kraken Studios. And this is a more 4X, less grand strategy, World War II sim that's based on a board game or board war gaming mechanics. And it's incredibly, incredibly detailed. It's very deep you have it's it's just if you know the wargaming titles that slytherin tends to publish and make then you have an idea of what this is so this is hex-based combat you have uh multi multi-unit engagements you have to manage them you have to just man it's it's deep the what the one thing that's interesting to me is that 70 different potential countries. Now, I don't know about you, but I think in World War II, there were only a couple of major countries involved. I can name them right now. There might have been 70 different engagements in different parts of the world in lots of regions, but country-wise, there were not that many, and a lot of the smaller countries maybe had a major role in their you know, geographical region, but on a grander scale, not so much. Having said that, this is a very deep game. So if this sounds interesting to you, by all means, check it out, click on the link, see what that's about. And if it doesn't sound interesting to you, then you need to check out some World War II stuff because World War II is pretty crazy. Yeah, no, it was, it was definitely very interesting. It's one of my favorite, I mean, not it's an awful period of history, but it's one of my favorite to read about. And it's mm. definitely something that appeals to me. I'd really like to see how they deal with this. It doesn't look terribly pretty, but I'm interested in hearing more about a 4X-ish take on World War II. So I'm, right. I'm excited. So yeah, that's why I was trying to make a comparison to Hearts of Iron 4. But Hearts of Iron 4 is more grand strategy and less 4X, you know? So it'll be interesting. And that's it for all the main stuff. So... You want to do a topic thing tonight, or maybe we skip it and just do games we're playing? Let's talk about games we're playing. It's been a really long weekend for me. We can talk more about a cool topic next week. Okay, sounds good. So what games have you been playing this week? Well, other than Urtuk, which I did the video for, I also dove really deep into AI War 2. And mm-hmm. you know how those there's like those moments where you're kind of playing a game and you're like, man, what is it people see about this thing? And then all of a sudden it just clicks and you're like, holy crap, this game is awesome. Well, I had one, yes. of, those th- yeah, I had one of those moments with AI War 2. I finally get why it's like a 92% on Steam with <laughs> Steam ratings. 
and why everybody talks about AI War 1 as being one of the better games of the last 10 years. And yeah, I just, I I really like it. It's a very unique and elegant game. And I, I feel like there's nothing else that, that tries to do what it's doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've talked about it briefly before, but I think it's really worth talking about just briefly because, sorry, you were going to say something? Oh, no, no, no. I just, I had a thought. I'll wait for you to finish. And I'll tell you a game that's different, but kind of tries to do a similar thing. Two of them. Okay. Well, so the thing about AIWAR 2, though, is that, I mean, I'm sure some people, at least most people probably know about the, the simple setup here is that you're a human race and you're trying to like fight back against an AI that has wiped out an entire galaxy and controls everything but this small little system that you now control. And the idea is to take back the system or a galaxy while not raising too much attention from mm-hmm. from the AI. And you kind of do it in a methodical way. But the, the the idea is to to continue to build up your forces, to continue to take systems, and to keep what is called, I think, AI presence. I forgot. It's AIP. Mm-hmm. And it's you're trying to keep mm-hmm. the AIP low. And mm-hmm. every hundred of the AIP, it like the AI raises its defenses, it raises its awareness of who you are and what you're doing, and they become much more difficult. So the great thing is, is that it's super asymmetric, right? Because you are this tiny little ant and you're trying to fight what is clearly like the entire world worth mm-hmm. of AI. Elephants. And, yeah. And slowly but surely, if you play your cards right, you can do it and you can actually overcome the AI, but it's extremely difficult and it's it requires a lot of thought, a lot of forethought too. So the things I'm learning about the game are that it's simple to learn, it's extremely hard to master, it's extremely hard to win, and mm-hmm. that not only does it take an idea and like a thought of the grand strategy of it, but it also takes a mind for the tactics of it as well. And I'm I'm definitely not good on the either of them, really. <laughs> but more so on the tactical side. I'm not a very big RTS fan. But I am learning this one, and I'm enjoying it. And I'm not very good on the tactical side of RTS games either. Mm -hmm. So that one I'm trying to pick up as I learn. And some of the people on the forums and our Discord are sharing sharing with me some really good tactics and really good hints. So it's it's so elegant. I'm just, I'm really wowed by how long it took me to get into it. And that's why I did a video. I did a quick little, like, this is how, the very basics of how you play this game. Because... I think once you understand the basics, you start to be like, oh, wow, okay, this isn't that difficult to learn. It is very difficult to master, but it's it's really not nearly as hard as it looks at first to, to learn the basics of it. Absolutely. Anything else? No, and that was because I couldn't stop going back to it. I know that's not true. Actually, there's a massively multiplayer 4X game called Outscape. Mm-hmm. And Outscape is a game that I would liken to Distant Worlds, actually, only significantly more pretty. And only, if only for the fact that it's got the same type of space, like distance that Distant Worlds has, you know, like the giantness of these maps is incredible. Mm -hmm. And having, like, sending scouts to even just the next system over is an effort, you know, Mm. and it. And I know a lot of that's because it's an MMO and because you it's like, you know, one of those games where you play and you come back four hours later and things have changed and you set up a lot of queues and you do some stuff. So it's something you like kind of jump in for 30 minutes here and come back eight hours later and some stuff has been built. And then you come back and you do 30 minutes of gameplay and you go back and you see more stuff that's done. 
Um, and meanwhile, your empire is making its way through the research tree and stuff like that. It's surprisingly really polished, and I mm. hate that it's massively multiplayer. Mm. Yeah, I'm never gonna play. Well, and that's what I—that's th- what I keep saying. It's like this is not a game I'll ever get into. I—I I actually really liked what I played, but I know for a fact that I'll never get into it because right now I'm on what is called a skirmish map because you have to be on a skirmish map first before you go into like the massively multiplayer portion. And my skirmish map is only like six other players. And what I found is that I just don't get to it as often. So I'm like coming back and I came back to it after maybe 13 hours, 14 hours mm. from the last time I played it. And my opponents are way ahead of me because they probably yeah. clearly have been playing much more than I have. And that's just not a game that I can ever keep up with. Yep. Yep. That's so it, it would be like fantastic to see it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it would just be great to see it a single player game because I think the scale of it is like I said, very distant worlds. Like there's a lot of elements about the game that feel like distant worlds, only much better looking. So it's mm-hmm. like, Oh wow. Okay. We could do this. We could actually make this a single player game and you could appeal to the distant worlds crowd, but they won't because massively multiplayer and four X don't really go together in my opinion. Right. Right. What about you? What have you been playing? So not too much this week. It was a very busy week. And in anticipation of the new content coming for Thea, I kind of held off on Thea. I did uh, mess a little bit with uh, Warhammer Gladius, Warhammer 40k Gladius Relics of War. So I did mess with that. I got to mess around with Chaos. I haven't played with him before, so I played with them. I played with the new, uh, with the new units that were added with the recent DLC. Man, I'm telling you, it is... It is such a good game. It is so much if even if you're not a Warhammer person, if you don't know the Lord, just they did a great job. And they're little things, they need more of those little there's no spoken within the game itself, when the different units are doing things, they don't really make any noise. They have little bubbles, like little comments they make. They need more of those. Because those add, like, sometimes your hero unit will do something and the little comment will pop up. And the comment is so funny. and just, They need more of that. But anyways, so I messed around with uh, Gladius this week. And then all week long, anybody that's a friend of mine on Steam will see that I've been doing stuff with XCOM 2. And I was just like, I've been in a funk. I started a thread in the forum called Game Funk. Just, to, just curious to see what people will say. So, if you're interested, go check it out. Add your two cents. I'm very, I'm following what people are saying, commenting where I feel like I should say something. So, I was thinking like I, I need something to clear my palate, and I'm just, just so much stuff going on. I'm not getting a lot of time to games. So, and. The last couple of games that I've been curious about went Epic exclusive. So, uh, yeah, lost my interest right then and there. That's a whole other story. And um, I decided to, you know, mess with XCOM, right? And I was looking at Battletech. Okay, I'm going to, I'm prepping for heavy metal. Oh, XCOM's been out for a while. Oh, heavy metal content's coming. The urban warfare was a lot of fun. And then I started looking at the mods for XCOM 2, War of the Chosen. And I saw some crazy good mods. And I'm like, oh my God, these modders are amazing. They're awesome. They're also insane. But 
I said that in the nicest possible way. So I started downloading them. And then Christopher Audis, follow. He has a new Let's Play that he started, like season campaign. So I looked to see which mods he's using. I'm like, oh, there's some good ones there. So then I went and grabbed a bunch of them. And today was the first chance I had to sit down. Wife and kids, everybody were out. I was thinking maybe an hour or two, I'll be good. So my wife and kids come home about four and a half hours later. And they're playing. And four and a half hours just came and went like nothing. And I was having a blast with it. And why? Because Firaxis let us mod the game, or at least gave us a good integration of mods, a way to bring in mods, a way to add them, to take them. So many tools were given to the community that like some of the, some of these modders, it's like they're making their own version of the game. If they could just dig dig deeper, a little bit deeper, they could rewrite like all the main missions in the game. It's that crazy. So yeah, so XCOM 2, of course, there's a danger with that because it is so good. I might not be playing anything else for months as a result. It has been the case in the past, but at least I'm enjoying it, right? Yeah, I wish I liked any game as much as you liked XCOM. <laughs> maybe Endless Legend and maybe Age of Wonders Planetfall is getting there for me, but I just, I bounce off eventually. You feel like, I feel like you, it's like home for you. You come back and you're like, oh, great. And you just like right back to feeling warm and eating your, you know, favorite right. meal with it. And I, I just wish I had something like that. I wish well, I had a love like you have. <laughs> hey, you know, there's a coveted spot. Only, you know, what's another game that falls into that category? It's Thea 2. I was about to say, I, I knew it was either Thea 1 or Thea 2. Not Thea 1. Thea 1 was a great game and I really enjoyed it, but it had some major gameplay issues that were addressed in Thea 2. And what blows me away is like when I read the comments, some of the people are trying to pass it off as Thea 1 was so much better. And it's like, no, it wasn't. Thea 2 is really the better game. It's just much harder. And these players are dead set on playing a game a certain way that if every game that follows isn't identical to that, they won't like it. Well, why even play any other game? Just play the one you like and call it a day, right? Right. So, but yeah, yeah, definitely XCOM 2 or The Chosen. I'm, man, I downloaded some new voice packs and that's always a blast. A couple of mods that like completely changed the AI behaviors of the enemies, a whole bunch of new enemies and some new cosmetic stuff. And it's just like, I'm playing a different game. It's awesome. It's amazing. I'm happy for you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I, look, I look forward to the day where we can start talking about XCOM 3, just because I, I know you'd be excited about it. And it'll be cool to add that to the news. Unless they go Epic exclusive, in which case I'm going to be burning effigies. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. You know, there's a game that came out, and I, I forgot to mention this too. It's not 4X mm. or strategy, but it's called The Outer Worlds. It's a big RPG. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's a uh, um, first person RPG space on a planet shooter but not open world it's actually like a highly curated narrative to a degree yes and so it's basically meant to be a spiritual successor or spiritual like spiritual cousin to fallout mm -hmm. it's made it's, by it's made by the guys who made fallout isn't it? a lot of the people that worked on the previous fallouts in new vegas and right it's it's by the people that were doing a lot of like the offshoots for them some mm -hmm. of the expansions and some of the sequels and not the initial fallout. Right, and right, right. 
However, that being said, you reminded me of it because you said the Epic exclusive thing, and it is an Epic exclusive, but it also is on Microsoft's Xbox Game Pass or PC, which I I personally wholeheartedly recommend, mm-hmm. only because it's $10, and I get access to all of their new games immediately, and I've got maybe, I don't know, another 200 games that are, there's a lot of legitimately good ones, like... Mm-hmm wolfenstein 2 and all these other ones that i just really enjoyed and so i've been playing it and i've really enjoyed it i think it's a fantastic game i'm, I'm just blown away by how much i've enjoyed it because i haven't enjoyed a game like that since fall like an rpg in that that fashion since the original fallout 3 so mm-hmm. really like gotcha. it gotcha well, maybe even you know, actually new vegas was the probably the last time i liked a game this much that was well in it was made fashion. by them wasn't it right yeah, yeah. they're the ones who made new thing. vegas yeah that's that's the funny part so, yeah, I mean, a lot of good stuff. I had a lot of gaming time this week, which was great, and that's not really the normal case for me. So I made up for the last couple of weeks where I didn't have much at all and got really into AR2 and got a good few hours with Outer Worlds and really enjoying that. So next week looks just as good for me, and I'm excited about that one too. Excellent, excellent. We'll see. We'll see if I'm playing anything besides Thea 2 and XCOM 2 next week. Yeah, I get it. I totally get it, so... Anyway, do you have anything else other than a thank you to all of our patrons? You guys rock. Everybody who's on the forums, discords, all the website people. The month of October will go down as one of the best months ExploreMate's ever had. So I want to thank everybody who's come to the site and looked at it. We're nearing, surprisingly, we're nearing 50,000 unique people who've come by, which is Mm -hmm. amazing. In a single month? In one month. We're like at 47,000 unique visitors. So that'll be... One of the highest, if if not the highest, which is great. So thank you to everybody who's come by. Thank you to everybody who's given us great feedback on some of the article series we've done and some of the articles that we've been putting up. And, you know, if you guys have anything further or anything about the website or anything like that, please don't hesitate to hit us up on Discord or the forums or Twitter or Smoke Signal or whatever. Well, yes, I have three things to add to that. First of all, we almost are uh, Steam forums are growing again, finally. Even though I still have it on lockdown, if you want to join, you need to request to join, which I don't think will change because we were having some massive issues with uh, bots just spamming the boards. And the second thing is I think our YouTube subscribers are almost at 4K, right? Super close. We're about 36 away from that. Nice. And then, and this is due to Oliver's work, our um, Steam Curator, we had 7,000 followers on our this weekend. That's awesome. That's fantastic. So, yeah, I was going to touch base with him too because I, mm-hmm. I really want, I, I've been wanting to just give him a pat on the back, a round of applause because it really seems like that one's picking up. And a lot of yep. people were, I mean, just it, it, people were frequently coming to our curator page and offering us games because they want to be curated by us, which is just insane. Yep. So that's pretty yep. cool. So. Yep. And then, like you said, big thank you to our patrons, to our community, to the listeners of our podcasts and to the watchers of our videos and to the developers and publishers that send us keys for review or rusing or talking about. We really do appreciate it. And just as a quick reminder, we are ad free. We will be ad free. We have no intentions of doing ads or sponsored content. The closest we come to that is when we do some kind of a giveaway and a publisher will give us keys and we always disclose it. But other than that, we've always been, you know, just doing it 
by the support of the community and not of so yeah i'm reminded of that steadfast (laughs) position every time i go to a website that's inundated with ads and i just want to throw up so when you turn off your ad blocker or when it forces you to open a website to whitelist it and then all of a sudden like you're like where are the articles unless you're ads and spams and like windows you can't close oh yeah yeah that's yeah that's an easy reminder for me or even like and i don't mean this to offend anyone but it's like some of the more like up and coming websites that are clearly trying to do some good things but they've turned on ads which mm-hmm. you know end up being all over their articles and it's just difficult for me to read when i'm like you know i'm going through talking reading about a strategy game that i'm excited about and then i'm like you know, popped in the face by a Google ad that knows exactly what I did 10 days ago and Mm. wants to talk to me about cat food. Yeah. You know, I'm just like, (laughs) all right, cool. Cat food for X, sure. Cat food, no thank you. It really just takes me out of the mood. So I'm just like, and and, and I'm only saying this because I just had a recent encounter with a a website like this. So, I mean, it's clearly a bit smaller. It's probably where Exploring it was like two or three years ago. Mm -hmm. And the writing was actually pretty decent for somebody who was not natively English speaking. And I, I was, as I was reading it, I was like, wow, this is good. And then I just kept getting hit with these ads. And I was just like, no, I closed That's the browser. Bad. And I even said something on Twitter, just very respectfully, like, listen, ads, just what, what are they doing for you right now? If they're not making you a, a lot of money, then you need to turn them off. They're just, they were so invasive. And I just, I couldn't, and I'm, I like to, stay away from ad blocker as much as I can. I will turn it on the second I start getting hit with ads like that. And I would never go back to that page without hitting ad blocker again. So yeah, no, I, I would like to stay away from ad blockers. Unfortunately, that is an impossible thing. Yeah. So I always use ad blockers. Sometimes I use two of them, but the browsers have started messing with their APIs. Yeah, so ad blockers are functional and you have all these companies buying into it. So I've just started using different browsers that natively block everything. And my God, the internet is not a place full of awful. <laughs> well, okay. It's plenty. It's still full, but it's because of the comments, not because of the ads. Right. Well, so that was all I had for this week. And I do want to apologize ahead of time. This episode, I can tell, has experienced some technical difficulties Mm. and they're going to be difficult to edit out. I know you probably didn't know this, Nate, but there has been some glitching and stuff like that. So unfortunately, there's going to be some, and I apologize for that. I'll do my best to edit out as much as I can, but I have a feeling that I'm not going to be able to edit out all of it (laughs) because it's a lot. So my apologies for that. I don't know if it was my side or Nate's. It doesn't matter. I've been checking my bandwidth, and my stuff is solid. Yeah, mine too, so I'm not sure what's going on, but I apologize ahead of time. But thanks for listening, guys. It's the World Series. It's the World Series. That's what it is. It probably is. Speaking of which, I need to go watch it. So y'all have a good night. Thanks for listening this week. And until next week, this was Robin Nate for Explominate. Bye. See ya.